Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. You all are in for a treat. You guys, this week we have Shilamita on the podcast episode, better known as Shil or the Goddess of Gratitude. And she is an author, she's an acupuncturist, and she is an incredible woman with an incredible story that she shares here on the podcast episode. I don't think anyone will leave this podcast episode leaving feeling uninspired. Like you are going to feel so lit up, have a better understanding of how this gratitude thing really works and the power and the magic it creates in our lives. Without a doubt, you are going to enjoy this episode because I got so much out of it just listening to Shill's knowledge and her wisdom and her life experiences have had such an impact on not only me, but all of the people in her following, all the people in her world. And I think she's onto something with this gratitude thing, y'all. Like, I really do. I think she, she knows what's up. Before we dive in, I do want to give you guys three quick announcements. Number one, there are still spots available for the Ascension Retreat. If you have been feeling called to have a really an in-person experience with other sisters, connect with other like-minded souls, feel like you have this soul family connection that you've been craving, shift some massive energy, do some inner healing work, have a sound bath, healthy nourishing food, yoga, dance parties, all of the things really. We are going to be up in Breckenridge, Colorado, October 24th through the 27th, 25th through the 27th for regular admission. And I would love for you to join the party. Like, like for real, for real. All of the information is down in the show notes. So if you've been feeling like it's time, it's time to do something and you, and this is feeling right, go grab the info here, there. You don't have to have a business. All you need is a body and a soul. And I'm pretty sure you have both of those. So you should come. Also, once you get to Colorado, everything is included. We pick you up right from the airport. You drop, we drop you back off their shuttle times. Um, and then we will also cover all your food, the lodging, there'll be goodies and yoga and sound healings. All of that is included in the retreat. All you need to do is get yourself to Denver International Airport. So let you can also reach out to me if this is something you've been feeling called to. We can chat through the details. I would love to have you there. Um, also, the second announcement is that if you have been feeling called to work with me on your business and understanding what blocks are really holding you back from 
And again, I hate the word block, but also like sometimes our minds are crazy and they create limitations for us. So if you want to work through that shit, you really want to get to the core of what's going on for you. You want to release the bullshit stories you've been telling yourself and really dive into this next level version, this truth, this authenticity where you are doing the thing you came here to do in the world, being a light worker, sharing your knowledge, building a business, having the freedom that you desire. It is all available for you and I am here to help you get there. So you can apply Applications are first come, first serve. There are only two spots remaining. We're going to be doing a retreat that is included in this program in Sedona, Arizona, over March 6th through the 8th. It is going to be magical. It's going to be incredible. There are going to be energetic vortexes and transformation. I just know it. And the last announcement is that if you missed the confidence training last week and you want to get in on this, you can catch the replays. I'm sending these out. I have the link in the show notes and you will get all of those sent out likely a little later this week because let's be real, I'm at my brother's wedding this weekend and your girl probably isn't going to be working until like Tuesday. So you will get those a little bit later this week, but they will be sent out. And if you're listening to this after this announcement, they will be automated. Um, once I have captured all of those recordings, they will just automatically go out to anyone who feels the need to up-level their confidence in any shape or form. So that's all I got for you guys. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Shell. Shalomita, thank you so much for being here. I am grateful that you've had the experiences that you've had in your life and were able to share them with your audience, with my audience. And I know your story is going to move a lot of the listeners. I was reading through some of some of the stuff you have on your website and your bio, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to resonate. It resonated for me. And so, why don't we just start off by? sharing a little bit of your story with the audience. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be with you guys today. Um, So I just turned 40, which is a pretty big deal. (laughs) um, Let's see, a little bit of my story. So I I found spirituality when I was 23. Um, My dad got diagnosed with uh, leukemia when I was 17. It rocked my world. And um, with the phone call that told me that he had cancer, the next statement was, it's your fault that that happened. So as a 17-year-old child, adolescent, pre-adult, whatever, I knew that that wasn't truth, but I also didn't know how to cope. Mm. So I went into a depression and anxiety and... um, I started having panic attacks and I turned to drugs and alcohol because growing up, I never was given the tools of you should see a therapist or you should go see a healer or none of that stuff really was ever presented to me until much later in my life. Mm -hmm. So luckily for me at around 23, 24, I think, um, I found Kabbalah. That was my introduction to spirituality. It was um, exactly what I needed because it taught me how to become a good person and it taught me how to 
deal with my anger because I had a lot of anger, right? So I had the depression and the anxiety, but the depression and anxiety comes from a place of when you can't control your emotional being. So it was really anger was my core issue and I didn't know how to channel that. Um, so Kabbalah was really helpful. My ex-boyfriend at the time, I would go to the Kabbalah center once a week for a class and he'd be like, wow, can you take like multiple classes? A week? <laughs> <laughs> it was that noticeable. <laughs> it was that I would come back from my Monday night class in the city and I would just be like Zen, like, Wah. and then an hour later I would be set off and you know I mean anger I needed anger management it was pretty bad mm -hmm. um so I found Kabbalah I even killed my life I, I got a little bit on track um I started making great money I, I was a six-figure earner in my mid-20s um and then my dad got pretty sick towards the end and it threw me again I went back to the drugs, went back to the alcohol, fell into a depression, and he ended up passing away. He passed away in April. In June, I broke up with my boyfriend, and in July, I found out that I was eight weeks pregnant with his baby. So during that pregnancy, I gained 100 pounds, which was a disaster. And um, I would make a tray of brownies in the morning. They would, half would be gone by the time he would get home from work and the other half would be gone in the morning. And that was just how I spent my days. Cause we did end up getting back together, um, which was, you know, when you break up with someone for a reason and that reason is strong and then you get back for a baby, it just, it never works out right. So we stayed together for the first 18 months of my son's life and, you know, I mean, I'm grateful that he had the both of us together for a minute and was able to experience that. But the trauma that I went through in the time that we were together in order to keep that relationship alive was really hard. Mm -hmm. And um, we split. And the reason that that happened um, was because I refound spirituality, this time in a different way. I had a new friend come from, she was from Australia, and she showed up to my apartment. We started talking, and she was like, wow, you are so negative. And I was like, oh, like, you know, kind of offended. Like, what do you mean I'm so negative? And she was like, every other word out of your mouth is just so negative. Like, all you do is complain. Don't you know about the law of attraction? And I was like, huh, I'm like, you know, I've heard of those words before. So when I was 21 in my successful time, I had an MLM company and I went to one of their, um, you know, yearly things and somebody had mentioned to me, you need to read the law of attraction. So I bought the book and I opened the book and I read the first three pages and there was no pictures. So I put it on the shelf. And when she said that to me, it was seven years later. And I said, you know what? In fact, I still have that book. And I went to the other room and I took it off the bookshelf and I blew off the dust <laughs> on the book. Oh and my gosh. Here it is, right? So it was like at 21, the universe presented me with, with the rules, with the laws. Like I was given the information, but I wasn't ready to receive it. Mm. And then she had mentioned to me, have you ever read The Secret? And so all of, you know, the ego came up. Well, I don't like to read and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay, well, they have it on CD. And I said, oh my gosh, I have the CD set. And I go into my dining room and I pull out the CD set from The Secret. Somebody had given it to me. 
and I didn't listen to it. I have full body chills right now. This is incredible. Right? It was like I was given everything that I needed so that I wouldn't be in the place that I was in, but I was just not ready. And still in that moment, I started to make excuses. And she said, you know what? It's on DVD. Go order it. So I did. And it shifted my entire being, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I started, I started becoming a student of spirituality. I started reading Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay. I mean, you name it. Um, I started going to whatever I could. And at this point, I was financially broke. I was living on food stamps. I mean, I had nothing. It was a struggle to get anything. And I just knew that I was meant for something more. And I just started taking bits of every single thing that I was learning. And the one thing that I kept coming back to was gratitude. Mm. Gratitude. If I'm just grateful, if I could just be grateful. And then I would find myself going back into like the depression with the fact that my dad wasn't around. And I would Mm. find myself crying for days at a time. And then I started to shift my thinking. And I was like, well, she'll, you know, you really should be grateful that you had a dad. You really should be grateful that you had a dad that loved you unconditionally. You really should be grateful that your dad didn't abuse you. He didn't rape you. He didn't do all these bad things to you that you hear about all the time, right? And it really started to shift my entire thinking. And when I would find myself crying and falling into that depression, I would snap myself out of it because I would start to think about all the people who had it so much worse than I did. And I would just keep coming back and I would keep coming back. And, you know, I had asked the universe to help me, to put me on my path. I knew that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I knew that I was meant for more. And I listened and I started being grateful that I was listening and that I was grateful that I was receiving messages and I was grateful that I was open and I was grateful for all of these things. And, and all of a sudden it started to work like the signs. I mean, the signs were already there, right? I mean, the signs had been coming to me for a long, long time. I just wasn't open to receiving the message. Mm. So when I opened myself to receiving the message, it put me on the path. First, I went to school for massage. I became a massage therapist. There was the first time I ever heard the word acupuncture. I never even knew what acupuncture was. So Then I connected with um, a friend who in the beginning was not my friend, who I judged her like Mm -hmm. on massive levels and was like, what is up with this girl? Why is she like in my space? And she ended up putting me on the path that I'm on now and I'm forever grateful. And it was like such a big lesson. I ended up going to acupuncture school, getting my life together. What I had asked the universe for was to give me credibility. Because when I had created my first vision board, on that vision board, I wanted to be a motivational speaker and I wanted to be an author. Mm -hmm. I had no idea like what people were going to listen to me about because I was an entrepreneur, but I can't say that I was a successful entrepreneur because here I was living on food stamps. So who was going to, you know, take any kind of advice from me at any point? So becoming an acupuncturist was, was a twofold for me. One, I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people heal. And two, I wanted to be credible. I wanted to people to respect me. I wanted to have something behind me that was like, wow, okay, I want to listen to what this girl has to say. Mm. 
Oh my gosh. So much in that. So much. In that. I love, I love the message you just like put out to the world and the listeners that sometimes we have everything we need right in front of us where we are just not ready for it. And I think that's always what it is, is, you know, there's a level we have to get to within ourselves to be able to let go of our own anger, let go yeah. of our own resentment, forgive the people in our lives that have quote unquote wronged us. And so it's, it's our own, place that we're in in our own journey that allows us to open up and receive those things oh so good so good okay so <laughs> for the listeners that there was Kabbalah tell us more about what is that that was one thing I, I'm, I'm sure not everyone knows what that is what is yeah. it so Kabbalah is a spiritual study it's um the highest level of Judaism like so if you were to go to Israel um the only people who could study Kabbalah are the men who have studied the entire Torah for their entire lives and after they get to a certain point I think it's like 40 years then they are given the privilege to study the mysticism of Kabbalah and that's really what Kabbalah is it's a mysticism in the United States Kabbalah is very different Kabbalah is open and available to anybody you know, all creeds, races, it doesn't matter who you are, you're accepted at the Kabbalah Center. Um, the reason why I found Kabbalah is when I was a little kid, we would wear these red strings, and that was a part of the Russian culture. It's a part of the Greek culture. It's a part of a lot of cultures, right? You wear the red string for protection. And I had been connected to a friend at the age of 25, and she was wearing this red string, or maybe it was right before, I think it was around 24. And, um, um, I had said to her, why are you wearing that? And she was like, for protection. And I'm like, oh, cool. I think I need some protection. I said, where can I get that? And she said, Kabbalah.com. And what was really interesting and funny is that she knew nothing about Kabbalah. She just made the connection for me, right? So I went to the Kabbalah website and I remember sitting in my roommate's room at the time and I started reading and I turned around to her and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, there are other crazies in this world just <laughs> like me. So up until that point, I literally thought that I was somewhat crazy. Like I just did not think like other people thought. Um, I, I did not grow up in a religious home. My family, um, my grandparents lived through the Holocaust. So my parents were like breakaway Jews, right? They didn't really want to study it. They didn't want to teach us about it. Um, we would go to my grandparents' house on like the high holy holidays, but I didn't understand anything that was going on. And so I never had religion in my life. And when I was in high school, I had a friend who wasn't allowed to play until she went to church. So I started going to church with her and I absolutely loved it. I loved the community. I loved the fact that strangers turned around to me and shook my hand and said, may peace be with you. I mean, I was really like, I loved it. And then I went to college and we would sit around and we would talk about religion. And, you know, this is in my days of doing a lot of drugs. And, and I was like, you guys are so brainwashed. The Bible was probably written by a bunch of guys sitting around on acid one day. <laughs> and no offense to all my religious people out there, please. I, I'm not offending any religion out there. It was an unknowing, right? I didn't know and I wasn't connected. And uh, so I went to Kabbalah.com and this is, oh my gosh, we're going back like 15 years. So this is before Kabbalah became popular and it was literally a one page website. And it said, do you feel different than other people? Do you feel like you've lived this life before? Do you feel like you've got an innate gift, but you don't know how to develop it? And I was like, 
like, yes, yes, I feel this way. And so I started going to the Kabbalah Center and I started learning and I started taking classes on, you know, all of the things. And uh, it really just helped to calm me. It helped to ground me. Um, Kabbalah has something called the Zohar. It is like the Bible of Kabbalah, kind of, if you were to uh, layman terms it. And just possessing this book or this set of books is supposed to bring this massive energy. In Kabbalah, you meditate on the Jewish letters. So each letter has like this connection to God. And so when you meditate, you're supposed to meditate on the letters. Um, so I just found a home in that for me in the time that I was going through. Um, but my friends thought that I was a wackadoo, 100%. <laughs> Because now I went from being like my crazy self, you know, talking about the stuff that I was talking about. And now all I was doing was preaching Kabbalah, right? And for the most part, when you preach any kind of religious type of anything, which Kabbalah isn't really religious, it's very spiritual, but it was still so off-putting to my friends who were Catholic or Christian or whatever, because they thought that I was trying to convert them into, you know, this religious thing, but I really wasn't. I was just trying to share the information that was changing me, mm -hmm. um, but they were very unaccepting of that. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to really start separating myself from the people that I was surrounded by. And that was my first big lesson in it's time to walk away from those that you know and your best friends are not really best friends, you know, that they're just there for a reason or a season, you know, and uh, that I needed to really focus inward and start working on me. And it didn't matter what anybody else thought. Mm. Yeah. So Kabbalah is amazing. I mean, I don't really study it anymore. It was like my gateway into yes. this world. I love it. I think it's, um, really, if, if anybody there out there is listening and you're really struggling and you're really disconnected, I would definitely suggest going and taking a look at Kabbalah and seeing if there's anything in there that connects with you because it'll help to ground you. It really helps you. It, Kabbalah teaches about the ego. So that's where I first learned about ego, right? And what that word really meant and mm -hmm. that it wasn't that I'm egotistical, right? Because people hear the word ego and they're like, wait, are you trying to offend me? And it's, no, the ego is a very big part of you and you need to know and understand what that voice sounds like and when that's trying to get in your way, right? Because ego is also a good thing. It's what drives us and it's what motivates us. But at the same token, it's what can hurt us. Mm -hmm. So it was um, the first time that I learned about that. And Kabbalah is huge on reactive behavior, right? So learning how to take a step back, learning how to breathe, learning how to remove yourself before responding. And with an anger management problem, that was my biggest issue was my reactive, responsive stuff. So that was really what Kabbalah helped me with on a personal level. Hmm. So before we dive into the anxiety, depression stuff, I think so many women are struggling with expressing their anger, at least where I grew up, overly expressing my emotions was kind of shamed and it was shunned. Right. And I think there's a lot of women walking around feeling like they can't express, I'm pissed off right now, I'm angry, or like they don't even know that they're angry because it's just so shoved down 
deep inside of them. Mm-hmm. How are you able to start to release that and, and process that and let it come up? Like, do you have any tips or tools that you would give anyone who is also struggling with like really letting go of those emotions or processing in them and, and letting them out. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent acupuncture. I mean, I wish I would have found acupuncture long before I did, but acupuncture is really what made the massive changes in my life. So up until I went to acupuncture school, I knew all of the things I've studied, all of the things. It was just putting all of the things in practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once I went to acupuncture school and really started, you know, second year, you get needled all the time. So stuff started shifting and changing. Like I used to wear glasses. I used to wear glasses every day. And we got needled so much in acupuncture school that my vision, I wasn't even working on my vision, but because I was just getting needled all the time, like one day I forgot to put them on and I was like, oh, I don't really need my glasses anymore. Amazing. Yeah. So acupuncture is powerful. There's different styles of acupuncture. Um, You know, in my practice, I specialize in anxiety and depression and emotional stuff. Um, People don't even know that that's an option for acupuncture. Acupuncture. They always think that acupuncture is like for pain and stuff. So, um, yeah, that 100% and classic homeopathy, I would suggest for anybody who's dealing with like really deep emotional stuff, um, cl- uh, working with a classic homeopath and figuring out what your constitution is. And, right, because we come into this world and we are shaped within our first seven years of life. So it's those first seven years that are dictating our entire life. So if you live through any kind of trauma in those first seven years, you are on repeat. So let's say something happened to you when you were three years old. At 10, your subconscious is repeating that. At, you know, 20 or like whatever the seven is, you're repeating that over and over again. Um, So, you know, and people don't even realize that that is happening, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, When my boyfriend and I met, my son was uh, four. And for the first year, everything was great in their relationship. And something shifted and happened when he turned five. And I was seeing a spiritual therapist years later, and she had said to me, did something happen to your boyfriend when he turned five? So I went home and I asked him and he said, yes, that's when my real dad gave me up for adoption and I was um, adopted by my stepdad. And so on a level of stepdad to stepson in this relationship now with my son, it put a pivot into his relationship because he was now repeating something that happened when he was five years old. Oh my God. Wild, right? Yes. Okay. And that's like the whole generational pattern thing. Like, oh, and I think it's something we don't even realize. I mean, we don't for the most part. Most people are walking around not realizing they're repeating the exact things that happen. Yeah. So I've only recently learned about the generational stuff. Like I know about the cycles of seven because by Chinese medicine, that's what we learn about because five element acupuncture, it's style of acupuncture. And that's what they focus on. They focus on the trauma that happens in your first seven years of your life. So, you know, whatever it's like, 
we don't come into this world with fear, right? We don't come here with anxiety. We don't come here with depression. We learn all of that. Those are all learned patterns, which is why those patterns can be broken because they're learned. As much as depression is a disease, there's other diseases that can be cured, right? So, but it, it has to come from within and it has to come from that place of the subconscious of where that stuff has been stored so that we can break those patterns and stop that cycle from happening over and over again. Mm, so good. Okay. So was acupuncture a big way of how you healed your own anxiety and depression? Was that? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, acupuncture, the gratitude, um, really, you know, the gratitude practice of the taking myself out of it and looking at others. So that's what I do a lot in a situation where like I'm feeling like overwhelmed and stuff, you know, even in my business, I, I get to a point where I'm grateful that I have a business. I'm grateful that I am the boss. I'm grateful that I get to make these decisions. I'm grateful I don't work for somebody else. I'm grateful that, you know, I get to be there whenever my kids need me to be there because I get to choose. Right. But then it's like, I have an employee who messes with me and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and like the heart starts racing and it's like, okay. You know, um, I do get acupuncture on a regular basis. When my mind really starts to wander, I will call in my homeopath or like I said, I, I go see a spiritual therapist. Um, she's a trained licensed therapist. So she does regular therapy, but she's also trained in the spiritual world. So when mm. you go to her and you talk to her, she's not like, well, how do you feel about that? No, she like really makes you think. She talks a lot about the law of reflection, right? Like, this is being mirrored to you because mm. it really makes you look at things from a different perspective. And with the anxiety piece, you, I really learned how to surrender, right? It's, that's really the part that mm. we're scared and we live in fear because we're disconnected. We're disconnected from what is. And um, I mantra a lot. So You'll see if you follow me on Facebook, I'll post every so often. I am safe. I am okay. I am protected. I am safe. I am okay. I am protected. I, that's a mantra I use a lot. If you sit here and you repeat it with me, I am safe. I am okay. I am protected. You could feel the breath start going down. You feel your heart start slowing down. So it's, there's a repeat mantra always on in my head. Um, you know, just because you're cured from certain things doesn't mean that they're not going to come back. Mm. You know? So they do come back. Um, you just, with time, you learn how to desensitize yourself from things and not to feel all of the feels that aren't yours, right? Like, because anxiety is not really yours. It's your fear of something else. There's a fear of what other people think. There's a fear of, you know, how am I going to show up today? There's a fear of what do I look like? There's a, and that's not you. It's what you've been conditioned to think and learn, right? Mm -hmm. So it's taking yourself out of that mindset and being like, no, I'm okay. I am loved, it's okay to make a mistake. That's what we came here for. You can't be perfect all the time. For anybody that's listening and you're watching people's lives on Facebook, like I, I try to get this out there all the time because people that watch my life, they think I live like this perfect life. And I'm like, there's no, no such thing as perfection at all. My life is far from perfect. But 
I don't fall into panic attacks very often. It's very rare that that happens to me now, which is huge, right? When you feel like you can't breathe and you're like under attack from the world and like you're just, you can't slow down your body, it, it sucks. It's like a crazy disgusting, nasty feeling. And like, I just don't want to go back there. So I do the work every day. That's the other thing that people uh, Yes, preach that. Yes. <laughs> you gotta do the work every day. You gotta put yourself in a feeling of, I am grateful every day. Because as bad as you think that your life is, you are living in absolute luxury, right? So if you have the capability of listening to this podcast right now, that means that you either own or have access to a cell phone, a computer, Wi-Fi, headphones, right? Time to be listening. There are people that are living in the slums of Africa that will never ever know what a cell phone is, right? Mm -hmm. There are people that have no clue what Wi-Fi is. There are people that don't even know what it feels like to wear a pair of shoes, right? And it's like, wow, like that's, that's what I think about. That's what I think about when I'm so stuck in my own shit. I say to myself, shill, snap out of it and look at what you have, right? Mm -hmm. So then there's people that look at my life and they're like, well, look at what you have, right? I remember the first time I did a, a talk for women and one lady was like, well, why should we listen to you? Like, look at how beautiful your hair is and look at the diamonds that you're wearing. And, blah. and I'm like, lady, I lived on food stamps. Like you have no idea what humility feels like when you go from making a six figure salary in your young twenties and then standing on a wick line or a food stamp line down in the slums of Elizabeth, New Jersey where nobody speaks English but you and somehow you have to be collecting these same benefits in order to survive. I said, so believe me when I tell you, I understand what it's like to suffer. I understand what it's like to have no money. I understand what it's like to count my every last dollar to be able to pay my rent so that my son has a roof over his head, right? I've lived through all of that. So you're watching me now in my winning season, right? Like that's one of my favorite memes that goes around. Like when you're watching someone in, your, in their winning season, you don't know what they've gone through in their losing losing season, right? And and then it's like, if you're looking at people who have been privileged into money, and you're like, well, well, look at them. Well, now you're just in the wrong place altogether, because you're living in a place of judgment. And that's just not going to get you. You're just hurting yourself, right? Like, who cares that they came into this world with money? Their problems are still just as big as yours. They're suffering just as much as you are suffering. They just may be doing it in a fancier capacity, but that's okay. Because the luxury that you want is available to you. Uh, and I think, I think the biggest thing to take away from that is like anytime you are feeling judgmental or triggering and it goes back to like looking at your own thoughts and, and beliefs, but it's anytime you are feeling judgmental or triggered by someone who does seem to have or appear to have quote unquote more than you do, it's probably something you actually desire. And so you're creating this separation between you and this person who has the capacity to travel or have a nice car or get their nails done, whatever it is you're looking at about that person that's triggering you of like, 
who is she to get her nails done twice a month or who is she to get lashes or who is she? And all of a sudden you're noticing that that's really just a core desire for you. It's something that you desire and you're, you're shaming yourself for that desire and shaming them. Right. Yeah. Oh, so much, mm, so much beautifulness out of that. And I, I love the part of like, you do the work every day. I do the work every day. It has made a massive shift in my life because see, in the beginning, when I learned all this stuff, I was the same way, right? When, when I first started my spiritual journey is when Facebook first started and oh my God, like what a disaster that was. And I was the same way, you guys, you know, like I would be jealous and envious and be like, well, why does she get that guy? And why are they getting married? And why are they going on that trip? And why don't I have them? Why, why, right? And I would just be in this like place of the why. And then I learned and, and I was like, oh, okay, well, if I send them love and then I take that energy of the judgment and the, the why and I put it into I am grateful for, I am grateful I have, I am grateful that's me in my own life, right? Because you look at some of these people and you think, well, I want to live in that house, but you don't really know the problems that go on in the house, right? Or, oh my God, that, that guy, he's so dreamy. Like, I wish that I could be with him. But what you don't know is that he's beating her. He's verbally abusing her. He's like cheating on her, right? Mm -hmm. So we think that people are living these amazing lives, but we really have no idea what's going on behind closed doors and so when I was able to shift my mindset with that that's when I started calling in and attracting you know like I went from being a single mom I attracted the love of my life and my soulmate and then you know with that then I started to attract the the financial means that I was looking for and then from there I started attracting other things so it it's a process what had happened was um I think we're going back like four years ago or so. So in the beginning, I would be grateful for a couple of days and then I would stop. And then I would be grateful for a couple of days and then I would stop, right? And so life was like a roller coaster. This is my favorite analogy. So if you if you love roller coasters, this is great. If you don't love roller coasters, like pretend that you do, right? <laughs> so you're, you're going to the amusement park and like you're so happy and you're excited. It's going to be so fun. We're going to go on the loop-de-loop and then blah, 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 right? The adrenaline's pumping and you get on the ride and everything's good. So this is when you're being grateful right? You're being grateful. Everything is good. We're getting on the ride. Life is exciting. And we get on the ride and we for, now we forget because we're going up and like now the fear sets in, right? Like what's going to happen next? How's this going to feel? We forget the gratitude part because now we get sucked into the fear of what's mm -hmm. about to happen. And then we go down our first thing and because we're stuck in the fear, the fear starts to spiral out and then shit hits the fan and when it rains, it pours, right? So everything bad starts to happen and then we level out for a minute because maybe we have like a good day or something and then we start to go back up the roller coaster again right and life is good and we're excited and we're being grateful again and then we start to get over that 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 tip on the top and then we start going down right so we had purchased our first house together um, several years back and what happens we got the keys to the house I was grateful and then the gratitude stopped because I was too busy in well I need to get the bathroom redone and I need to decorate the house and I need to buy all the stuff and I got sucked into the world that I was living in we ended up hiring a bum contractor who ended up he was redoing my bathroom one of his guys knocked through the bathroom into my lower 
lower levels. So now not only did I have to redo my bathroom, I now had to do construction on the second level. Um, with that, he took our money and he ran. Oh. So we lost a ton of money and then we had a hard time finding someone to come in to fix this job. With that, I had to live in the basement with my boyfriend, my newborn baby, and my 350 pound nanny that we got from Jamaica that we couldn't fire because she had nowhere to go. We felt like stuck and compelled to keep her in the time that she came here for because she was sent to us as a baby nurse. Oh my word, were those months a disaster. It was total hell. And one day I woke up and I was like, shill, snap the fuck out of it. You have created this existence for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I took responsibility. Like, we already had cell phones. I could have totally had a phone interview with this person before flying her to Jamaica, from Jamaica into my home, knowing that she wasn't capable of taking care of my children. The contractor that I hired, I didn't do my due diligence. I went by a recommendation from a patient of mine and I didn't go through the process. I tried to do everything quick. I wasn't being patient. So that was also my fault. So I started taking responsibility in the moment. And then I realized you stopped being grateful, mm -hmm. right? So in that moment, I said, I will never not be grateful again. There will never be a day that I will not be grateful again. And in that moment, I said that affirmation. And within six months of that affirmation, my life completely, completely, like every manifestation I had ever put out there was coming true. So prior to that, it was, you know, years, like six, seven, eight years where something good would happen and then bad things would happen. Something good would happen and then all these bad things would happen, right? And then ever since that moment that I swore to never not be grateful, my life has just taken off on a completely different level. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> what a, like just an incredible reminder that it's, it's, it's an every single day practice. It's not just this once in a while and you can do it once in a while. I've done the same thing of like, I'll meditate every morning and then I'll stop for two weeks and then I'll, you know, and I'll do my journaling practice and then I'll stop for a week. Right. And every time I stop, I start, I stop seeing the flow of abundance and joy and love. And it's like, we forget yeah. over again, or we go, go back into old patterns. And I see a lot of the clients I work with have the same cycles where they'll journal for a week, they'll feel really good, and they'll be like, great, I'm done. It's almost like get, getting on like a health plan. You're like, I'll work out for a week, two weeks. You see the abs or you see the energy you wanted and then you stop. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same thing with our spiritual practices. We have to be diligent about being grateful every single day, giving that thanks, sitting in silence, doing the journaling, creating space for ourselves so that we can continue to move forward on the spiritual path and show up and do the inner work for ourselves. And going back to like the kids in Africa thing is like that we'll never see a cell phone by us doing our work and being grateful for what we have and not feeling shame for our desires. We can create a ripple effect and raise the collective consciousness and, you know, help. And I really truly believe by us doing our own work, we can help prevent like spread love, joy everywhere and, and stop the poverty and stop the, 
hundred percent. It's, yeah. it's not just about you and what you want. It's, it's bigger than you. Oh yeah. It's a collective energy. When I, when I do my meditations and my groups, uh, you know, part of what we do is we send out light into the world. You know, we, mm. I usually take a moment and I, you know, we send love to each other and then we send it out to the town and then we go into the state and then we go into the whole world. And, you know, like when, when we come together as women, as men, as whoever, you know, when we come together and in a collective energy and we share that with the world it's making ripple effects that we don't even know it's why group acupuncture is so powerful it's mm. because you're going into the collective energy of healing it doesn't matter like if you're trying to heal something different than I'm trying to heal. It's a matter of that we are coming together and we are holding space for one another and we want to be better mm. you know and that just makes massive, massive change and impact. Amazing. I was just thinking my chiropractor adjusts us all in the same room and we're all like chatting while he's adjusting people and he does it so that you, you know, he's adjusting one person. You're actually getting part of that adjustment while he's doing mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. So real quick, a couple last questions for you. Yeah. First off, um, I really want to understand what, could you give like a brief overview of how acupuncture really works? Cause I know for myself, it's not something I've actually done yet. I've been a little bit weary of it. It's, it yeah. yeah. You see the needles and you think, holy shit, a needle. <laughs> Can you dispel some yeah. of our fear? <laughs> So the reason why we have such a fear of needles is because obviously the only needles that we really know of are the vaccine needles that are injecting things into us or the needle that's drawing the blood out of us, right? So when we think needles, that's automatic what we go through. But the acupuncture needles are these teeny, teeny, teeny micro little, they're smaller than a paper clip right? But they're sharper, obviously. Um, so what is happening is um, our bodies are made up of blood, body fluid, and chi, which is energy. And when there is a blockage of any one of those three, then that's when disease happens and sets in, right? So some, if we have bodily pain, it's because there was a blockage of energy in that area. When we have mental anguish, that's because there's some kind of blockage that's happening in our body physically that's causing this to happen. So when we insert the needles, what we're doing is we're, we're moving the flow of energy we're dispersing any kind of stagnant, stuck blood or body fluid that hasn't moved around in a while. And we're just allowing for the flow to happen. Mm -hmm. So when you are on the table, you go into a meditative state and um, you're in a state of healing. And it's just amazing. It's such a great feeling. Like you feel, I, I always say you, it's a, like acupuncture stoned. Like, <laughs> yes, that does go back to my, um, my drug days, but um, <laughs> high without testing negative for the drug test. Um, and it helps with everything. I mean, there's really nothing that acupuncture can't help with. So whatever you're struggling with, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether you're trying to get pregnant, um, I've created so many babies in this office. It's like one of the most rewarding things. I love making babies here. Um, and yeah, you, 
what I would suggest is you need to have a connection with the person that's treating you, right? Um, there are some acupuncture offices, and, and not to speak bad about my profession, but there are some offices that are like factories, right, where it's quantity over quality. And um, so if you are in an office like that, move on to somebody else. If you do not feel a connection with the person that is treating you, do not let them needle you. You have to, tr you, you're laying on a table and you're being stuck with needles. So you have to trust the person who is doing it. And obviously, like, if you don't know this person, like, how are you supposed to trust them? But energetically, you feel connected, right? It's very rare that somebody walks into my office that doesn't feel a connection with me. Like you feel the energy, like the, the, the collective energy here in my office, you know, there's crystals here. We, we do stuff here. We mm -hmm. have oils going all day long. So you can feel that and sense that when you walk into a space and if you feel comfortable, it's going to work for you. Mm, I love that. I love that. And any healthcare provider or, anything that you're going, you know, getting Reiki or something like that, yeah. you're going to know when your energy fits with that other person. person. Yeah. It's actually a question I just got. Someone was like, how do you choose a Reiki practitioner? I was like, you'll just know, you have to try a few out and you'll just feel the energy that's emitting from them yeah. and you'll feel that connection with them. So yeah, it's just like going to a doctor, right? If, if, yeah. if you walk into a doctor and they have a bad you know, bedside manner, like you don't have to go back. And, and that's the thing, like in life with everything we do, we have a choice, right? You don't, you don't have to feel like you're stuck with that person just because you start with that person. You know, it, there comes a time even in my practice where I've treated someone so many times and it's like, okay, it's time for you to move on to the next person. You know, like they, we outgrow one another and it's time to move on from that in a different way. So if you've tried acupuncture before and it didn't work for you, um, try again is what I would say. If you only went once or twice or three times and you're expecting a massive change, then your expectations are too high because it's taken years for you to get to the point that you're at right now. So you can't expect it to change within one or two sessions. Like you have to give it time, just like when hiring a coach, when, you know, going to a workshop, you know, you see that it takes time. It takes hours. It takes days for there to be shift and transformation to happen. So make sure that you allow yourself to give that person a time to, and you have to show up, right? Like I always tell people like, don't make an appointment today and then make an appointment three weeks from now. Acupuncture is cumulative. So every time you come, it's going to stick a little bit longer, a little bit longer. So you want to try in the beginning to come a little bit closer together because if you come spread out, it's going to help you, but it's not going to last. So mm -hmm. if you want to have an everlasting change, you got to make the commitment. You got to go. Amazing. And just like the perfect analogy for everything else we've talked about today is like make that commitment and it's going to stick if you, you show up more often, more frequently. Okay. This has just been so incredible. I appreciate all your wisdom and all your knowledge. Um, there's one question that I ask everyone and that is, and I think I know the answer for you ready, but I'm going to ask it. So what is your favorite way to raise your vibration every day? It's being grateful. <laughs> I was like, I think I know this one. But. It's being grateful. Um, I'm, I'm just so grateful for gratitude. I mean, I, I literally am great in my gratitude practice. There's a lot of times where I am grateful for gratitude because mm -hmm. 
it's just really shifted and changed my whole life. My book is called 31 Days of Gratitude, Create the Life You Desire. I have a gratitude membership. It all comes back to this one thing, and it's, it's you don't need any money. You don't need any things. You don't need any tools. You just need to find appreciation in the moment that you are in right now. As crappy as that moment may feel, there's always something to be grateful for. And when, you know, we, I got the proof the privilege to watch my father die. And I, I don't say that lightly because I don't recommend that to people. It is not um, a beautiful sight. But what I am grateful for is that we had laughter in the room when he was dying. And we still found um, something to laugh about. And we found joy in this horrible, horrible moment. Right. And that's really like the basis of all of life. If you look at all of the tragedies that happen and, you know, are you in California? I'm actually in Denver. Oh, you're in Denver. Okay, cool. So, you know, like here when we have like weather stuff, right? Like the fires, the hurricanes, the, you know, when something as bad as like 9-11 happened, like as bad as that is, like there's always good that comes out of it. There's always a hero that comes through. There's always some kind of positivity. And it's when you can see that, when you can put yourself in the mindset to see that kind of stuff that's when your entire life shifts. The, the anxiety starts to calm down. The depression starts to go away because you just realize how rich and abundant you are at every single level. You know, if you were to ask my, my son now, who is 12 years old, he will sometimes say to you, Mommy, I wish that we can live in Fairlawn again, right? So when we lived in Fairlawn, Fairlawn was this tiny two-bedroom apartment that we lived in together that I turned my dining room into a massage and healing space for myself to work in while he was sleeping, where I was so miserable trying to make ends meet, right? And his little friends would come over and be like, where's your basement? Where's your dad? Where's this? Where's that? And my heart would wrench, right? But in his mind it was the best place in the world because it was just the two of us and it was the love that we had for each other right mm -hmm. so we were the richest people in the world he didn't need the basement he didn't need the dad he didn't need any of that stuff that was what I thought that I needed because society was telling me that I needed that stuff right it wasn't him that needed that so when you're thinking that you need and you you really don't need you're being conditioned now if you desire it and you match up your energy with the gratitude of the now you're going to get it every single time there is nothing that i have not been able to accomplish with my gratitude practice with just the simple feeling I'm matching that up with the desire. Mm. The feeling comes from the gratitude. I love that so much. So powerful. I'm like, I've had so many full body chills as you've been speaking today. So I know this resonated with me. I know it's going to resonate with everyone who's listening. And so for the listeners who want more of Shalomita, where can they find you? Where can we find your book? Where can we, you know, 
find all the great stuff you're putting out into the world. Yeah. So Shilamita is my brand. As long as you spell it right, you'll be able to find me anywhere. So it's S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A. So Shilamita.com. You can grab my book um, off of my website, but I, it is snail mail, so just be prepared if you're an impatient person that you're going to wait. Um, <laughs> or you can get it on Amazon with two-day prime, right? <laughs> so gratification. Um, I am all over social media. You can find me on Facebook with Shilamita. I have a free group on Facebook called Shilamita Inspired. I go live there every week um, mm-hmm. and share my spiritual nuggets. I usually do a wisdom and wellness Wednesday on my personal page so if you personally friend request me um, sometimes I'm really busy at the office and I don't get those in but if you sign up for my newsletter we send out pre-recorded wisdom and wellness uh, videos they're fun I pick a wellness tip every week whether it's acupuncture holistic living um, something to do with natural holistic stuff and then I read a page out of my book my book is actually a workbook it is uh, a beautiful tool that I created because when I first started this this journey and you know, I was told to be grateful. I had a really hard time being grateful. Then I was told to, you know, make the vision board, which I made. And then I was told to journal, which I had a hard time with the journaling. Um, And the journal that I had purchased, there was nothing prompting me. It was just plain pages. So when I look back now, it's funny, like what, like seeing the progression of gratitude, it was hard for me to really realize like what I should be grateful for. So the way that I created um, my book, it's literally like eight to 10 pages of reading, which is, I, I write like I talk, so you will hear my voice as I'm um, saying it. It is the spiritual rules and laws that I've learned across the board from all of the spiritual studies that I've studied with. And, you know, for, for those of you that love Hay House, I've been in Wayne Dyer's presence twice. I've been in Louis, Louise Hay's presence. I, I mean, I've studied from the, the best of the best. And so it's all of the stuff that I've learned from those people. And then it's 31 days of actual um, journaling pages. So every day there's a spiritual nugget with samples affirmation so if you just wake up and you're like this is just the shittiest day of my life and you open up the book there are affirmations that are going to snap you out of it the affirmations that are in there are for everybody they're very generalized I I do have I'm grateful that I love to dance so maybe some of you don't love to dance but dancing is embodiment right so yeah maybe- so I was like but just do it anyway <laughs> We can convince ourselves to like to do that. Um, And then there's space for you to actually write in your own stuff. So it is a beautiful, beautiful tool. I have never had anybody finish the book and say to me, this was terrible. Um, I've had plenty of people tell me that it's sitting on their bookshelf and they've never opened it. So my best suggestion and my marketing team wants to kill me every time I say this, but uh, take the journal with a pen and put it in the bathroom and make a commitment for the next 31 days that at least once a day you are not going to bring your phone in that bathroom with you and you are just going to work a page in that journal because it, it doesn't take a lot of time. It really doesn't. Like People make it like such a big deal, but it's not. Yeah. So if you could just take five minutes of your day to you know get into the groove, then it is going to shift your life. Um, I have a gratitude membership that is an extension of the book, right? So there's the the person that will never open the book. They're like me. They buy all the books and they sit and I stare at them and then I download all of the audibles and I listen to five minutes and then I stop listening. So I, I'm an author, but I get it. 
Um, so I created the gratitude membership. What that is, is every day an email triggers in the morning and sends you out a little spiritual blurb with sample affirmations for you to say for that day. And it puts you into the mindset of being grateful in the moment, right? Like I'm grateful I woke up today. I'm grateful for clean sheets. I'm grateful I had a bed to sleep in. Once a week, I write a love note. That love note is a personal peek into my life. Um, it, I talk about personal stuff in the love note and I relate them to your life in a spiritual way. So it's not just, you know, you're reading about my life. There's somehow that that relates to you. And then once a month, I send out a video blog and once a month, I do a guided meditation. I used to say that I hated meditating. I stopped saying that because we don't hate anything, right? What we think and feel we create. So I love to meditate. Um, <laughs> and I just, I don't like the rules. I don't like that you have to sit in a certain way and that you can't move. And that, like, I just, I get stuck in the rules instead of like going with the flow. So I've created really simple meditation videos. My one meditation was one minute. It was a smiling meditation. It's fabulous. If, if you all get off of this uh, podcast and, and turn on a timer and smile for 60 seconds and see what happens to you, you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're like really simple, fun things like that to do um, this month because I came off of several healing retreats of my own with my own coaches. Um, I did a self-love meditation. So that's some of the stuff that was coming up for me because the mirror work and all of the self-love stuff, I did that stuff early on in my spiritual practices, but it started coming back that I needed to go back there. Mm -hmm. So that was in our, our meditation this month. And my favorite part of the gratitude membership is four times a year we get on a live group coaching call together mm -hmm. and in that call you get to ask me anything you want personal professional business and if nobody really has questions then I teach um, and then those are recorded and sent out into the membership so if you miss the call so it's a beautiful way of having a practice and being held accountable accountable without you know spending a ton of money the first 30 days is free so you could try it if you don't like it you can cancel at any time um but you know i i get what it's like to to not have and to want to do all the things and i'm sure you know those of you that are listening are looking at all these high level coaches and you're thinking i'm never going to be able to work with these people or i'm never going to be able to do that but you are you just have to start somewhere right mm -hmm. so this is a way for you to start somewhere without making this huge financial commitment and it's just making the commitment to yourself to get into the practice and the habit and then you know you can find me on instagram i am the goddess gratitude on Instagram and uh, yeah just type in my name you'll find me all over <laughs> amazing uh, we will link all that in the show notes as well so they have no issues finding you thank you again for being here and thank you Shelby it was a pleasure it was amazing